Hi, everybody. This is Kyler Bingham with Salt Lake Dirt and KPCR 101.9 FM. I am so excited to welcome back, honestly, one of my favorite authors. Um, I've become a huge fan over the last year, year and a half. Elle Nash is here to talk about her new book, Deliver Me, which comes out October 3rd on one of my favorite presses, Unnamed Press. So uh, really excited to have you on. Elle, thank you so much for taking the time. We got a huge time difference here. So it's it's <laughs> great that you took the time to speak with me today on this Sunday morning, late afternoon. Yeah, yeah. No, thank you for having me. Um, like we were saying earlier, I do still similarly feel like I just rolled out of bed, <laughs> even though it's about four o'clock in the afternoon here. But it's good. It's kind of been like a chill like gray sunday in glasgow so i love it uh well yeah so deliver me um is your is your new novel and i i uh, like i said i'm a fan of yours so i i knew i would like it but it really kind of blew me away and uh especially the end and i don't want to give spoilers i mean a book like that this is kind of tough for me like where to go with talking about it before the fact it comes out because I don't want to give any spoilers, but it was like, oh, incredible. Um, absolutely loved it. I think it it just hit on so many. It makes me not want to eat chicken anymore. I tell you that, yeah. like doing that. So I guess we get to just talk about uh, uh, the book itself and, um, you know, as much as you want to share about it, uh, give people kind of a taste of of what it's about. Um, that is so funny. You're like not the first person to say that to me about the chicken eating thing. And I do kind of feel like maybe I'm doing something good here. Yes. <laughs> that I didn't necessarily intend. Like, like I'm not, you know, like I'm not a person who's like, you know, a hundred percent like, oh, everybody has to be vegan or whatever. And I'm not even like vegan myself per se, but I do not like industrialized agriculture. So it is interesting that I've just heard a lot of people <laughs> say like, I'm going to avoid that for a little while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But just the basic premise of this novel is it focuses on uh, Daisy, also known as like Dee Dee. That's what her mother calls her. And she does work in a chicken factory um, and she's a woman who wants more than anything to be a mother, but has struggled with having like several miscarriages over and over again. And she feels called towards this path, but is also trying to escape, um, like a fundamentalist religious background. So it's like, she's kind of torn in two worlds. And in this process, she's, there's, um, her boyfriend who is an ex-con and still kind of involved in some kinds of illicit activity, and the novel really kind of opens there with this this sense that she is pregnant again and that this one is going to be the one that's like the right one, you know, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. And then she has like a like a friend from the past that that's introduced and like bring brings up, um, you know, I guess going back because the, 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 fl- the flashback scenes are like from 1997. Mm-hmm. And and so it goes back to like her life there, and um, it just like I think you you really just nailed the the whole um, like Pentecostal religion, or mm-hmm. you know, just like I think. And there was I wish I I couldn't I was trying to find the line exactly, but it was something to do with like the the it didn't use the term groupthink, but it was just the power of being with like a a group of people who believe a certain thing, and if you have doubts like it's it could be 
at least this is what I was taking, like easy to get swept away or like just like um, questioning your thoughts because of the power mm-hmm. of this, especially like in a, in a, um, you know, like those tent revival type <laughs> situations, how <laughs> intense it can be and how emotional and getting caught up and just being like, it gets kind of scary. Um, just mm-hmm. being, being in that environment, um, if you're not a hundred percent in. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I think it was just really, really interesting, um, seeing that and the hypocrisy and then just, um, yeah, there's just a lot going on here that I, I, I really loved. And I love the flashbacks, uh, the first person I love reading first person accounts it just it really brings you in to their world um especially when they start doing questionable things because you're, you're rooting you're rooting for this character and then you're like oh my gosh what is like wh- where is this going what's happening and then you're, you're still along for the ride so it really got me thinking about a lot of different things um but i guess like the yeah let's go back to the chicken factory so um it seems like you, you had did you have you ever worked in one of those places or was it just a lot of research you did because it just i feel like i even had the smell in my nose when i was reading the book the smell of the place um like the like the antibacterial and then just the the death and i'm in a, it was just very intense mm. for me so i'm just curious how you go about i i love when people when authors have books where they have the character and they talk a lot about their their job and kind of mm-hmm. like maybe like a mindless job um because it just seems so relatable to a lot of us like we've all had experiences where we worked kind of mindless jobs and it takes up a huge chunk of your day um mm-hmm. so i love when i see things when i read things watch things where it does kind of represent that working class element that is such a huge part of so many of our lives so i'm wondering how you go about doing that researching it um really i mean i've never been in a in a chicken slaughter factory but i feel like i i kind of can visualize it now so how do you even start that process yeah um well i did do i did a lot of research uh when i was living in arkansas i lived in this area that is is right i think it was like the headquarters of tyson or something like that was in the area um and I also had like I had friends who had worked in chicken factories and stuff like that before, but I also had been interested in just kind of the ins and outs of industrialized agriculture since I was like 17 or something like, you know, when Fast Food Nation came out by Eric Schlosser and then that other guy did like the Super Size Me movie kind of looking at all this food industry stuff. Um, I'd always just been kind of interested in like how and why meatpacking is so dangerous in the United States and whether or not it's like as safe as, um, you know, they say that it is. Mm -hmm. And when I began earnestly researching for, um, this novel in particular, yeah, a lot of the stuff I came across was just like, it just seems so bad. Like it's very inhumane. Like it's not just inhumane to like the animals, you know, but it's also quite inhumane to the people working the jobs. Like I think it's one of the most dangerous jobs in the United States Mm. or something like that. And at the time, the like OSHA standards uh, were that they couldn't kill more than 140 birds per minute. Um, but now I think it's up to like 170. Like I think that the you know whatever companies like that are lobbying for it, yeah, lobby to increase it. 
So it's just really, it's really, really intense. And the more and more that I researched, the more that I was like, I think with chicken specifically, um, it's, it's just intense, like on, on a mass scale, like how much is happening, how quickly and like, um, also how like dirty it is in the sense that, you know, I would say that probably like, I think when I was doing research, it's like 25 to 30% of chicken in a grocery store in the United States is just guaranteed to have salmonella. Like there's just no question about it, you know, and cooking does like destroy that. Um, but like, it's just like a guarantee. Um, and before, before or around when I was writing this novel, I did end up because like we lived in Arkansas, I had like a backyard for the first time in my life. You know, I wanted chickens. Like Mm -hmm. I wanted access to like as as cruelty free, like eggs or anything like that, that I could like access. And once we got chickens, I actually was like, God, they're actually like the cutest, like little animals. (laughs) Like I still miss mine. Honestly, like I still miss them. Um, but it kind of opened my eyes to like a lot more because, you know, they are, we just don't see, like, we're shielded so much from like what, like those animals like Mm -hmm. are going through and like what they're subjected to. Like they're thought, they're thought of more as like products or like objects rather than like, like sentient creatures with, you know, needs and thoughts and like little habits and you know what I mean? Things that they do. So yeah, like I take so I take one of my dogs on a walk in this park um, near my house, and it's it, there's a the property line like there's a bunch of homes where the the fence line runs across, and one of the homes on the corner has a bunch of chickens right there. And my dog like is can be kind of reactive uh, towards other animals, and like like chases dogs, hates cats. Mm-hmm. But so when I, the first time we walked over there, and I the the chickens just kind of came out of nowhere because we turned a corner. I didn't. I didn't know they were there and he like loved them. He wanted to like, and he was very gentle. He was like poking his nose through the fence and the little chickens were coming up mm-hmm. and it was this really beautiful moment and something I look forward to when I take him to that park now where we walk over to the chickens and he's just very like friendly and and calm with them. Um, and it did, it's so true. It's like, you can just even having like a small, like short interaction like that, you see like, just like with dogs, like every dog has its own little personality. And so Mm -hmm. I was kind of seeing that with the chickens, like they have different little personalities and it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think living for the, for, you know, most of us who don't live in in areas where, you know, owning chickens is like a, (laughs) a common thing. You become very detached from these animals and, and like, and then even in the, in the book, like when she's on the, on the factory line, how it's like, she's immediately detached from them. Cause like, it's mm-hmm. just like a, a slab of meat um, that doesn't even like, re- like look like or represent a chicken. She's just kind of like going through this and then how desensitized I would imagine you'd become like working mm-hmm. on a line like that. How many, I mean, you can't even fathom like the amount of, like you were saying, like how many a minute or whatever, or y- you can't even fathom the amount of, of death and it's like i think your brain just kind of shuts down because it's it, it's so overwhelming um mm-hmm. but i think like i i like the way you write about animals for like, for like good or, or bad like there's some th- some things that um were like really hard for me to read and that's hard that's like that doesn't happen very often and i mean that in a good way because it was mm-hmm. like it, it brought me so 
into that world. Um, yeah, and I don't want to spoil what I'm talking about here, but there, there's a particular scene near the end that really was like, oh, like it, it really, it got to me, but it was like a testament to your writing, um, how incredible it was. And and then with like the the boyfriend, you know, daddy's, you know, what she calls him and his obsession with bugs and how he mm. collects bugs and, and, you know, some of the fetishes he, he has <laughs> with the bugs. Um, and I feel like I've known guys like he reminded me of him, just the kind of guy who's like into <laughs> that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, so I think like the characters are just so real and distinct and um, yeah. It, it it just you know the relationship with with her mom um was very intense and just kind of like how she was always trying to get love from her but she wants to distance herself from her so i think it, it just there's a lot of like tension and conflict that was built from the beginning and it's just i mean i know i'm kind of gushing here but i feel like people, <laughs> people really got to read this book i mean it's 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 outstanding um i guess i want to also, I mean, I'm kind of going to jump around here a bit, but I did want to talk about because so you live in Scotland and you're mm -hmm. going back to school now to get your PhD, right? I am. Yeah, I'm going to start when I get back from book tour in October. Cool. So what what made so. you what made you decide to um, kind of take that leap and and jump into that world of academia? So I I really want to teach. I think like teach at an undergrad level um, and. I like I have a friend in the program at the University of Glasgow here and you can't so I think in the states to teach undergrad you have to have an MFA like mm -hmm. uh, like a master's of some sort but if, in the UK that's not the case you actually have to have like a doctorate to teach undergrad here and so I was kind of like I was working my day job which I was working like in marketing just a nine-to-five full-time and um, at first I was like, oh yeah, like maybe I can do this. Maybe I'll just, you know, I'll go back to this and, you know, I can just do it for like five or 10 years or whatever. And just like work on my pension, like my retirement or whatever it is that like normal people do. But like the further that I got into it, I was like, this is so hard for me, like mentally where I just, I'm just not as motivated. Like I just have, I don't know, like the longer and longer I did it, the more I was like, I just cannot use the best parts of my brain to, create like corporate propaganda for this particular company that doesn't care about me. Like it's yeah, just too sure. hard. Um, and so I think I was like, I'd been wanting to go back to school for a long time. I'd applied for MFA programs in 2016 or something like that. Like only the fully funded ones that never got in, you know? And I think I was just like, all right, I'm just going to try, mm -hmm. you know, I'm just going to try and see what happens. Um, like, I have enough publications now where I think they were like, that counts in place of having a master's to just apply, Yeah, <laughs> you know? Um, but I'm excited. I'm excited because I do want to learn, like, I want to learn more how to like the pedagogy, like of teaching, like I want to learn how to, how to teach in a better way. Like mm -hmm. I do workshops and stuff, which is really fun. Um, and I work one-on-one -on -one with people a lot as well, like helping them with their books or doing manuscript editing or coaching or what have you. And, um, I think one of the things that really lights me up is like when someone else, like when we work together to like puzzle out something, you know, in their mm -hmm. manuscript and then I can see like the lights go up, you know, or go up and like, they're just like, oh, that's like a really good idea or it helps give them energy to keep yeah. moving forward. Like I really love that. And so, um, 
it's just like the next step, right? Like, I'm just like, I just want to try this yeah, and just spend more time like deeper in literature than I feel like I've been able to in the last, like, I don't know, like 10 years, <laughs> I guess, you know, like, I just want to go ham. I just want to like read books and like go really deeply into one subject and think about like my next yeah. writing project and like all of that at once. So, um, and I want to learn from people too. Like I miss learning. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I get that on a level. I'm a high school teacher and, you know, it, it, it's different, but I, I do have a couple of classes that I teach. I teach a humanities class through a community college. And um, there's more of an element where those students wa want to learn. And so when you're around my, my other classes, I love them, but it's more about like crowd management, um, which can be fun in its own way. But uh like kind of learning i feel like can take a back seat in a high school setting for for the majority of students and i just accept that mm -hmm. and that's that's mm -hmm. that world and whatever i have fun with it but when you have a class um i could imagine like teaching you know creative writing you have you have students for the most part who are choosing to be there want to be there want to like seek advice um and and work on a project so i i see that being like very fulfilling uh, so yeah, I'm excited for you. I think that that's really cool that you're, that you're taking that step. I think that's, that's, that's incredible. Thank you. I am really excited too. Um, there's like a huge literature community in Glasgow and Scotland in general, you know, like there's, mm -hmm. there's just, there's so much here. There's so much support for here. There's so many people here who do love literature and there's a lot of, um, like history here as well. So I think Edinburgh is a UNESCO like world city of literature or something like that um but yeah it's just it's it's really exciting plus like the library has archives of like mary shelley manuscripts I and love, stuff so i'm just archives. like oh my god yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh i love art like that was what a, like a career path that i had even considered like was i would just something about looking through these old documents and like handwritten stuff. It's such a, an incredible thing. So having access to that, um, that's so cool. And then I think, remember, I, I'm trying to think back. I don't if um, like one of the reasons you chose Scotland, you were kind of, when you moved out there, um, like there is that big literary kind of community mm -hmm. and, and and like the, the, like the festival of books is there. Right uh mm. yeah so yeah, there's the, the international edinburgh international book festival yeah, yeah it happens that's every what year okay yeah. yeah yeah that's so cool um so let's talk about the this book tour uh you're coming back to the states in october the book comes out october mm -hmm. 3rd and um i think you have some events leading up to that and then after the fact um we have a lot of listeners in california um maybe we could talk about i know you're doing the event you're doing an event at stories um bookstore um and then the fig bookshop i think is what it's called mm -hmm. so tell us just about um i mean it's it is very cool you're doing a book tour because um like chuck polonick's gonna be here in salt lake on tuesday and i feel oh, like cool. yeah i feel like um you don't see a lot of book tours these days that maybe you, you see a couple events here or there but you got like a like legit you know you, you're going to be on the east coast you're going to be doing several on the west mm -hmm. coast i mean you're you're traveling from scotland to do this so yeah. to me that's yeah. a, that's that's a book tour that's a, like it's not like you're just doing a couple events um where you live which is awesome to do that i love you know hometown events but um you're 
going on tour. So let's talk about that and um, maybe give some, give the people some of the details and what you're looking forward to. And, you know, just like being able to, to come back to America and um, maybe some thoughts on that as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's interesting because since like I've been living here for about a year and a half, almost two years now. And there's this part of me that is like, I'm so spoiled by like really efficient public transportation (laughs) and um, like no gun violence that I'm like, I'm actually a little bit like, yeah, I'm like, I'm a little bit just like, how's it going to be? Like, I'm going to go back to the States and not have like a car. Like I haven't driven since I've been here, you know? Yeah. Cause it's, I mean, cause I don't have money for a car, but also because it's like, yeah, yeah. And I don't need one. It's like so convenient. Um, so, but I'll be, yeah, I'll be flying into Seattle doing an event on the 29th in Seattle. And then, um, I'll be in Los Angeles on the 5th of October. We'll be doing a launch at the North fig bookshop with Kate Durbin, um, she wrote Hoarders. I'm a really big fan of mm. her work. I'm really grateful, yeah, that she wants to be in conversation with me. And then on the 8th of October, which is a Sunday, there is um, a reading series called the NDA Reading Series that's hosted by Caitlin Forst. And I will be a part of that with some other writers as well. I know Shai Watson is one of them. and I'm not sure who else yet. Um, that'll be yeah, at Stories Books and uh, Cafe in Los Angeles, too. I'm really excited. The last time I was at Stories was 2021 mm-hmm. uh, when Such a cool place. I, I love yeah. that. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. It's so recognizable. Like, every time I see someone, like, post a photo from Stories, I'm like, there it is. Like, <laughs> there's the wall. You know, it's, like, so yeah. colorful. Um, but I'm excited. Like, I think last time I was in Los Angeles, I didn't get to explore too much, and I'm going to be there for a week. So yeah. it'll be fun to just, like, get out and maybe be a tourist this time <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. there's. I mean, there's some – I go there a couple times a year I've for, like, years and years and years and so i i'm like a big um cemetery hound down there i love going to the cemeteries mm. down in 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 los angeles like hollywood forever so if you get a chance i recommend checking out some of those um cemeteries i don't know what part of town you're staying in but there's um there's this yeah so many incredible things uh to do down there so that's cool you're able to spend that amount of time and not just like pop in for a day and then get out so you can you know you'll have some fun so yeah, that's that's exciting, and, and I mean, this is your your second novel, but you've you've put out like, um, you know, you have like you have nudes and then gag reflex. So, you know, like your this is your fourth um, published book, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's like people people know you. I mean, whenever when I talk to people, everyone is same as me. Like everyone, at least the people that I have on, I think we have similar sensibilities and. They all know you. They're fans. Whenever your name, like your name. Yeah, your name pops up um, often on my show. And so um, I'm excited because I know I know a lot of people will come out for it. You know, it's you know, it's it's so cool. Um, And then you're doing an event in New York City, too, right? Mm, Yeah. On the 9th, I'll be at the Franklin Park reading series, which is in Franklin Park. Brooklyn and then um or at Franklin Park I don't know I've never been like I don't think I've ever been there in person I don't know New yeah, York City, but yeah. yeah um but it's in Brooklyn and then I'll be doing um another event with 
Ellie Robottom. Um, she's the author of Aesthetica at the Strand on October 11th. I'm really excited. So it's good because it'll be like people haven't seen, you know, yeah. in like a couple of years or meeting people that I've known for years, but for the first time face to face. I'm really looking forward to um, just getting out and like seeing seeing people in the states again but yeah yeah, it's one of those things where like um like flying out you know flying out it's you know it's a lot of it's quite expensive and stuff Mm -hmm. just to get overseas uh now but um i just don't that's kind of the thing too i'm like i wonder if this will be like the last like american book tour at least for maybe like a long time like i don't know i don't know we'll (laughs) see we'll see (laughs) well i'm excited i was hoping you were gonna have a denver um event because i was going to try to pop down for it. it's not super far from where i live but mm. i'll catch you on the next book tour <laughs> yeah, that sounds good <laughs> well, um yeah that yeah that's so exciting so i'll make sure I'll, I'll have links to all these events people can um check out and just be aware of um it's uh we got we, we got about a week or so so people can a little over a week people can start planning um i've already mm-hmm. been talking about the stories um one to some friends who live down there. So hopefully they make it out. Um, Yeah. I mean, no, that is interesting about like, like I always kind of wonder about the perception, especially from people who are American and grew up here and then leaving, living somewhere for a while. Like I've always been curious because I I think I'm just jealous and this is what I want to do at Mm -hmm. some point in my life is like, get out of here. And, um, I'm always just interested in how a perspective might shift and how it's like looking back at it and how it, how it seems. Um, And then, yeah, maybe, you know, it's a, it's a massive country. So it's like, there's everything horrible here, but there's a lot of good here, but there's a lot Mm -hmm. of bad (laughs) too. So Mm -hmm. I think just the perception of it, it should be, it's interesting kind of like you, you touched on that, just, you know, the, the violence and and all this stuff mm-hmm. that it's like does it become is it kind of the perception out like where you live or is it even like do people even like think or talk about america where, where you live um it, it's just kind of i'm curious about the perception of it is it just kind of like all bad or um is there like a nuance there because i know like we mm-hmm. fall like here i think it's easy for me to fall into like kind of um generalizing a, a country you know especially mm-hmm. a smaller one it's like oh they're like this um mm-hmm. i try not to do that but that's like kind of a gut reaction you just kind of like categorize them as this so um i don't know if this question is making any sense it's just kind of rambling here but it's like do people for like out there and then even you like you've been you've been gone a couple of years now does it become more of kind of like this big like wash of kind of like nastiness and violence and and just um you know division i don't know does that Mm. make sense yeah no that makes sense out here i would say like so in scotland specifically uh people love america like i feel like almost every scottish person i talk to when they're like where are you from and i say i'm just like america (laughs) you know i'll either be like I'll either be like the last place I lived was like Denver and they'll be like, oh, that's like, that's like in Illinois. Right. Or they'll be like, um, oh, I love America. I've been to Florida. Like they all go to Florida. I think it's because it's like the vacation spot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they love Florida so much. Um, so 
so like i don't know people are really in scotland specifically i think there is maybe like they at least i've run into people that they don't necessarily harbor these like terrible feelings towards america just like the politics you know like yeah. they're sensible about the politics and they don't understand they a lot of people don't understand like why they won't implement um like any gun control restrictions and stuff because that's mm -hmm. something that scotland did in the 90s when they had like one school shooting you know mm -hmm. um but it's like nuanced you know because yeah. the united states you know has stuff that's like you know codified in law and like all you know all this the history is all different and like all that kind of stuff but um i think like for me though yeah my i think the thing that i didn't realize would be so different is that like when you kind of like right when you're like living in the united states you kind of just has have this like low-key like psychic anxiety about like your existence mm -hmm. like it could be anything you know it's the fact that like I need to save up money because there could be a medical emergency and like I don't have health insurance if I quit my job then I won't have health insurance and I have a child and if something happens to them then you know I have accrual this medical debt that I can't discharge through bankruptcy or you know what I mean mm -hmm. like I have this massive student loan debt or you know like there's all of those kinds of things or there's if my car breaks down like I'm completely screwed because I live five miles from my place of employment and there's no bus line mm -hmm. or um you know even just like in general maybe like going out to bars or going out to clubs like you want to go out and have a good time but sometimes you think about the fact that you're in a room like full of people and it's super packed and like what happens if something happens is that scary like all these things are going and maybe that's just me like as a person like not every, i'm not saying everybody like thinks sure. this way but i would just have like i just you know slowly over time like as i you know grew up like in the states and stuff i would just like have those thoughts and yeah. every time like a major um tragedy like would happen like it would just kind of like maybe codify that in my mind like i think mm -hmm. i was only in seventh grade when columbine happened it only happened mm -hmm. like 40 minutes from my house oh, you wow. know yeah so i've always kind of just like you know and then aurora the aurora like movie theater shooting was literally like a mile away from where i was living mm -hmm. like at the time so it's like those kinds of things where you just kind of think about it there's all this proximity yeah you know um and then moving here i remember there was like one of my well, the first like months I was here, I was like walking home and it was super dark because it's the winter time. It, like the sun sets at like 3.30 p.m. <laughs> in the winter. Uh -huh. Like it's so close to like the Arctic Circle. But I was like walking home and it's like raining a little and I have this like bag full of groceries. And it's like a 20 minute walk because um, like where we first lived was kind of like further away from like the city. And I was like, I don't know where I am. I'm on a street and like some new country and it's like dark. But I was like. I feel fine yeah i'm like i'll be fine like <laughs> in my mind i think i was like what's the worst that could happen to me i'm gonna get stabbed like okay you're like i don't know it's just something that happened there but um kind of the more that like i don't know i've just you know gotten used to living here day to day um it just feels like a lot less like stressful you yeah. know like my kid is in school and like you have so many anxieties like as a parent but for me i think my biggest anxieties is like oh is she, is she learning well is are people bullying her like mm -hmm. do i have to worry about that how's her emotional development i'm like think that's all i have to like think about like in terms of like those things um you know like are the health you know healthcare is taken care of 
um which has made like the hugest difference like yeah cra- like the it's crazy just like not having to think about it has just relieved so much pressure um like on me I think just as a parent and wanting to like provide like what's good you know for her yeah um yeah and so like I don't know I don't know it's just the further away I am from like living in the states I think the angrier that I feel about a lot of like the injustices and stuff that that um like Americans experience in in the realm of yeah. like what can we have access to and and the the gap between like those who have and like those who don't and all that kind of stuff you know yeah no and I like go, going back to what you said I think those are like I, th- I think most of us have those concerns here like my car broke down on Thursday at work and I live I, I live 12 miles away from where I work and um you know I can I can I can figure it out but it's like it, it's been a real juggling act to, to just like yeah. get to work on Friday get to work tomorrow it's going to be before I can, I can't even get the, you know, the car until tomorrow. And then like, same thing with medical stuff. Like I'm dealing with some medical stuff right now. And like the, the specialist, I don't know. It's just, a, just this massive headache. And it's like this very long wait. So it's like, I'm, I'm stressed out. Cause I am in, I'm in this, like this um moment of like unknown and I got to wait like mm-hmm. six weeks or whatever. And mm-hmm. so, and then, yeah, it's just like, so the amount of stress and I, I I think about like stuff like the shootings where it's um it just made me think of like the chicken factory where it's like you you just become almost desensitized. Like I I have to like yeah. take massive breaks from from the news, which I feel guilty about doing being like a history teacher, but sometimes mm-hmm. it's just so overwhelming and you get so numb and it's just like it's just constant. And so um and I don't like feeling desensitized to like mass violence. It's a, it's a, I don't like that, but I feel like it happens so often. I think a lot of us, that's like, you just kind of like, you can't wrap your head around it. And then the next one happens and the next one happens. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's a really like, it's got to like do something to our brains here, like living with that amount of like stuff coming at us and like, you know, your life is like hanging on by a thread you know, even if you're like privileged on a level, it's like, it still could collapse very easily, you know? Um, mm. so yeah, that's a bummer. Sorry. I'm glad. No, that's so cool that you're able to kind of lift some of those anxieties. Um, especially with having a kid, I can't, I can't even imagine. Um, that's great. Uh, okay. Back to the book. I did want to, I did want, I did want to ask you this. So like, um, I th- I heard in the last interview um, with Brittany that I just listened to that you said the book took you like four, like kind of four or five years. You've been working on it. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I'm curious like when you when you work on a book. You know, and you, you moved to Scotland a year and a half, two years ago. So mm-hmm. you've been you've been working on this before you went out there. And mm-hmm. so when you kind of go through big life changes like in your own personal life and you're working on the same project, do you run into any like struggles at like keeping the tone the same or does it like kind of open up like a whole new like floodgate of ideas uh, in this particular project? Did that like create more of a challenge um, 
kind of like living not that that's necessarily a long time but sometimes people you know sometimes people take 10 years to write a book or 15 years mm. or they write a book in a year um i'm just i'm, I'm curious about you know five years a lot can change in in a, in a person's life in five years um it's, i say especially like when you're in your 20s 30s huge changes can happen they do happen mm. so um kind of working on this project for that amount of time um just kind of how how was that experience like especially moving out of the country um and then i i don't know how old your your child is but it's like uh you know my friends who have kids it just seems like so much changes within a a little person's life you know it's like they're all it, it just they just grow so fast and then there's it's just you know yeah so does that yeah again does that make sense what i'm saying mm -hmm. like i'm just like uh, yeah, yeah no that makes sense that makes yeah sense. yeah so i started this i started this book when so i was still living in arkansas and i think my daughter was like she just turned one or something to that effect and i i wrote the first draft of it like i had planned planned it out and then like wrote the first draft in about 11 weeks just so i mm. had like this whole draft and so that was before um that was before covid happened and it was like then i had kind of gone back and forth with my agent on it for about a year and i was working on like short stories and that kind of thing too and then um when COVID hit, like we just happened to, I was, uh, I hit this point where I was super unhappy in Arkansas because we like my like partner and I, so we only had one vehicle. So I was kind of just like at home and we didn't, couldn't afford childcare. So I was like staying at home and like freelancing and like all that kind of, and, you know, and working on writing and stuff. Um, and I had like launched my writing workshop textures, um, and stuff like that. But, um, with only one car, I was just like at home. Like I was in the suburbs, nothing's, nothing is within walking distance, not like a park nearby, like in my neighborhood or anything like that. So I was just like, so isolated. Everyone in my neighborhood is very much like they're nice people, but always kind of have like, um, like wanting me to come to like their Bible studies or like join like yeah their their like church groups and stuff which is like fine like I get why people like want that it's just not necessarily always like my crowd per se you know and so so I kept thinking like I want to move back to be closer to where my parents are where they were living my childhood best friend lived there I wanted my daughter to like spend more time with my mom you know I was like maybe this will be good so we moved like January 2020 and we were we were staying with my parents, which was supposed to be temporary. And then like lockdown happened, you know, like the entire country was shut down. So we ended up staying there for like two years. <laughs> oh, no. So during that process, like I spent a lot of time kind of working on and finishing Deliver Me. Um, and I think, though, it was like just having that time though like I was you know working on it for like eight ten hours a day sometimes just like refining it and refining it and like adding these different plot elements and stuff and that was all through 2020 um and I think at that point like I think maybe that's why I got really lucky because I was always like you know in between like mm -hmm. the draft when some major life event happened because it sold in June 2021 when I was on my book tour for nudes and then um I didn't really get any like feedback or comments from 
the publisher until I'd already moved to Scotland. So it was kind of that, like, the refinement process was, like, easy in that way. I didn't have mm-hmm. to worry so much about the voice changing. Um, but I don't know. I would say, like, big life events um, and tumultuous changes and things like that don't I don't think there's any risk of voice per se, you know, like I think that actually it's it can be an advantage because it's just like it's deepening your powers of observation, which ultimately does make you like a better artist or a better writer. You know, like Mm -hmm. you are developing the capacity to see things from nuanced perspectives that you haven't seen before. But it, it just becomes key. You have to teach yourself, like, how am I going to like capture that and make use of it? You know? Yeah. 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 Um, no, that's, um, that's interesting. Cause I, I, yeah, that's, um, I think that could be, I don't, I, I just lost my thought. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just, um, again, I want to go back to the religion element of it and, mm-hmm. and, and just kind of like her growing up in this, um, you know, this, this particular, like sect of christianity and um how just a lot of like guilt dumped on her and mm-hmm. um her friend was like you know an influence on her and it's like oh it's hypocrisy but then her friend kind of does something that like to expose the hypocrisy but like kind of like destroys her life and yeah. i i'm just um curious again about like like how we talked about like the chicken factory kind of the research going behind um showing a faith like that and kind of like exploring the the kinds of people who are drawn to that and who who hold on to that and who push it on others so like adamantly to the point of like really negatively impacting someone who maybe doesn't want to be part of that or has questions and you know they can't really ask those questions without being um really scolded for i guess when you're especially when once a woman person's younger so yeah just curious about that element of it um and you know like the the pastor and all that and i think like i've i've known pastors that <laughs> yeah i just feel again it just felt so like <laughs> real and um like like i was living it with her right there yeah yeah um well as far as research like it's hard it's hard it's like a you collect experiences over your lifetime with the mm-hmm. church, right? Yeah. And like I my like I went to Sunday school and I did like I don't know if it sounds familiar to you, but Campawana and mm-hmm. like I grew up so like I grew up in the South. Um when I was about nine, we moved from the South to Colorado Springs. And Colorado Springs has like like five military bases and there's like literally like 600 churches like in this town it's crazy and it's the home of focus on the family if anybody remembers like the ted haggard controversy like that like that happened there new life church and all this stuff like you grow up with like um focus on the family like lessons in your school which is like crazy to think about yeah Yeah. like that was totally normalized and he'd be on like you know james James Dobson or whatever his name is, Lou Dobson or something, be like on the morning news talking about family matters and stuff. It's all very like normal. Mm -hmm. So you just kind of like grow up around it. And um, like, I guess I'm lucky though, in the sense that like once, once I was like, I don't believe in God anymore. Like my, my parents like were upset, but they never like forced me. Mm -hmm. 
into anything. Um, but I've still always been very fascinated by um, religion and like Christianity in particular, especially like the differences um, and, and the different like sects and like why they operate the way that they operate, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like I do feel like if you're going to vehemently like hate something or pull it out of your life like for me like with Christianity then I'm gonna know like what it is I'm doing I'm not just gonna like generalize about why I think like Christianity is bad or anything like I want to know like I want to study it you know like I want to read the Bible like more deeply and be more thoughtful about how these social structures social structures like affect people and you know and that kind of thing so you know I've like I, I love religion like I find it like very fascinating um when I was trying to understand more about the UPC church the United Pentecostal Church or like oneness doctrine in particular I did go to um a couple of sermons when I you know as like an adult living in Arkansas I wanted to um just like see it and experience it and um like I've done I've done that before in my past too like where I've just gone to churches just to like see what it's yeah. like, like not necessarily, you know, for any the, other reason. I've done the exact yeah, same yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I, I relate. Um, but it was like, it was quite intense because like there was, yeah, there was this moment. It was very, very tiny. It was very tiny church. You know, it's maybe like 10 families, you know what I mean? It was like right up the street for me. And it was like this thing where, you know, the, the pastor is saying like, is anyone like come up and like get baptized? And there's this piece of me that I really am like, like, I want to, for the experience that yeah. we were talking about that, that there is, this, there's an, it's an overwhelming feeling when like you're hearing the music and you're hearing people like praying and the glossolalia and like, there's, there's all of this like stuff going on you know, you feel like in your body, this every is everyone's energy is like rising. Yeah. And uh, there was this piece of me that's like, I should do it for do the it. experience. <laughs> but the other part of me is like, I am so terribly like superstitious. Like I'm not an atheist. Like I'm not, I wouldn't even say I'm agnostic. Like I'm a, I would call myself like a magic practic- practitioner. Like I meditate oh. a lot. I believe in the power, like, like of ritual in the mind. So I was like, and there are things, I believe there are things that are greater than us that like we're touching on all the time with like ritual and like, you know, magic practice, which, you know, even, in some parts of Christianity has, you know, a lot of that, you know? Um, so I was like, no, don't do it. Don't get baptized. <laughs> you know, I was like, don't do the thing. But I almost <laughs> kind of wonder like, what, what would have happened? Like, if, what would, like, what would have, what would yeah. have felt like? You yeah. Know? Yeah. Or yeah. just like the attention you get, you know, when like people yeah. like the, that love bombing that <laughs> that happens like laying yeah like the laying on of hands and stuff like that so it's always been very fascinating to yeah. me i remember like to i just had this memory come back to me i was in i was at university and i was like dating this trust fund kid. <laughs> it's really funny who was like you know like the type that he did like fire poi or something like that <laughs> like the like the really hippie type of kid we went to something that was like it was equally like crazy. It was, I don't even remember how we ended up here, but we went in this room and it's all these people. It's almost like prosperity gospel in a way, mm. right? Where they're like trying to like manifest like money into their lives. And me, like, I was like 19. I was like, you know, staunchly like anti capitalist in a very intense way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and 
like I, so we walked in this room and it's just these people they start like doing this like weird ritual like dance like trying to like grab like the energy of like money towards them and I remember <laughs> being so overwhelmed by like it's just this room full of people desperate for dollars and I was like oh my god like I remember like leaving and like crying it was like the most dramatic thing like oh anti-capitalist child could have seen like I was like this is this is so like evil like it was so funny but it makes me think a lot about it just does it reminds me of like prosperity gospel like joel austin mm -hmm. and um like benny hinn and that kind of stuff too so it's it, it, being in the environment it's like it can be very overwhelming you know yeah no it's easy when you're when you're not when you're just kind of like seeing it or reading it it's one thing but when you're like in it with the people it is it it is like it's an emotional experience even if you don't believe like anything that they're talking about yeah. it, it it can be um it can be intense it's it's definitely like the like yeah their energy <laughs> comes around you and it's like you can't help but like be kind like of be you're yeah, there like influenced by it. yeah it's so yeah, like um yeah i think i think it just proves to me that like we're humans we're wired to be like social creatures like we're wired for community that's and because how deeply we can affect each other is just yeah. by that like sound and choir and music and yelling like it <laughs> it, it affects you know like it, yeah. it affects you yeah yeah yeah. So. yeah no that's that's so interesting um well cool i mean i don't know uh anything else you want people to know about the book uh as we kind of wrap up here today um like i said i'm a, hu a huge fan your name comes up a, a fair amount on the podcast um when i talk to different writers about like books that they or authors mm -hmm. that they like and mm -hmm. so your, your name pops up um time and time again uh, so i encourage people to to get this book and um i'll put, like i said i'll have links to the events and where people can pick up a copy but anything else you want to say about it i know it's it's pretty exciting i love unnamed press um i think they're just fantastic um so i'm excited that your your book mm -hmm. is 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 with them i think that's incredible uh but yeah well anything yeah, else yeah um i don't know yeah they've been great so far i really um i've loved working with them i can't believe it's like gonna be like two weeks or so till the book crazy. is out like it's yeah. come up really fast yeah um i guess i would say like if you are interested in it pre-ordering it is always really good it helps like mm -hmm. authors it helps like it helps the like distribution companies like let them know that people are interested in this book and so they'll they'll like do more to try and like push the book too so yeah so pre-order yeah if you if you are interested pre-order and i should say so this is this going to be your first hardback or yeah I, which is yeah, really I, so cool it is i haven't seen the finished copies yet which is like crazy but it's it's like wild like it's like this is a fancy book and i love the cover book. the designer's like did such a good job yeah, yeah. i love it yeah so. I'm, I'm definitely buying a copy uh, i want a hard copy of this one um any place that you like you like people to buy it i know they you know you can find it anywhere but sometimes um there's like specific bookstores or, or spots that you know it's it's always kind of nice if we can give them a plug uh of wh where to pick up a copy um any yeah. place. i know all the the places obviously that you're going to be at they'll have plenty of copies so they can you know they can get it from those shops but um any places that you really um 
love or prefer, you know, because Amazon gets a lot of business. So let's, let's try know, to not yeah, give them yeah. everything, but I, I get it. Any, <laughs> yeah. Any, any independent, any independent bookstore is great. Um, you can even pre-order directly from unnamed on their website as well. So, so if you want to like pre-order like online rather than mm. like go to a bookstore and ask for it, that would be awesome too. So. Cool. Yeah. So I'll have links to all that. And, um, yeah, I'm just so happy I got you back on again because Thank um, you. I've, you've, you've been, yeah, for sure. Like you've been on my radar and it's like, it is always kind of whenever I've had a handful of people that I, it, it, it always like, I get kind of nervous talking to them because I love their work so much and you're, you're one of them. So it's like, I oh, get, no. a, I get a little nervous. Um, I think the, I think the last time I had you on, I just kind of was like discovering your stuff, but this time it's like, I've read all your stuff now and i'm a big fan thank and so <laughs> it, it is like well no thank you no i need mean, to be nervous I'm okay funny. no but I'm it is kind of person is. It, it is funny though when you talk to people that you like you really respond to their work and it's it's like mm -hmm. it's just an honor to you know have you on and, and and be able to know you so um thanks again for being on and uh deliver me is a book october 3rd it comes out and um the book tour sounds like it's going to be a blast i hope you post plenty of pictures about it because i will yeah <laughs> um, i love to follow along but um l l nash thank you so much again for being on yeah thank you and if anybody else wants to follow along on like my book tour you can find yes. me on instagram at satirotica and twitter at satirotica same handle everywhere so yeah thanks Great. and then and then lnash.net right that's the website yeah okay yeah, that's the website Great. Um, oh, then one last plug. I forgot you have like a, a Patreon that's like a, you do a book club and um, I do. And yeah. Stuff. Yeah. So maybe maybe let's like tell people about that real quick as we kind of wrap up. Yeah. Yeah. I always I always kind of figured out that. So I run Goth Book Club where we read one book a month and then we meet on Discord to chat about it. Um, my Patreon is patreon.com slash satirotica there as well. The next book that we are reading for Goth Book Club is called uh, Your Dreams by Thomas More. That's out from Amphetamine Sulfate Press. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited about that. That is probably going to happen in mid-October when I'm back from book tour. So if anybody's interested, they can go ahead and check that out. Great. I've been meaning to join, so I'm going to, I'm going to hop on on this one. So that, that sounds like fun. Um, Thanks. cool. Okay. Um, I'll let you go now, L. This has been great. Um, best of luck when you come back to America, I'm sure you'll be safe. Uh, <laughs> it'll be okay, but, um, thanks again. Uh, we'll talk soon. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank mm -hmm. you.